Welcome to the FitPro Podcast, a brand new initiative from FitPro for forward-thinking professionals who want the latest information while on the move. We hope you enjoy this week's pod, and for further information about today's podcast, head over to our social media pages and start the conversation. And to offer feedback and suggestions for future podcasts, get in touch with us at publish at fitpro.com. I'm Aislinn Kelly, the Deputy Editor of FitPro Magazine. Thank you for joining the FitPro Podcast. Today, I'll be chatting to Dan Edwards of Parkour Generations. Dan, it's lovely to have you with us. Please introduce yourself to all the FitPros out there. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, my name is Dan. And as you said, I'm uh, a Director of Parkour Generations, a parkour practitioner myself, and have been involved in, I suppose, helping build the industry around parkour over the last kind of 15 years in the UK and internationally, and have been I've been privileged to be in that position as it's grown, as we've developed. Brilliant. So in terms of the fitness industry, how would you describe the development of parkour movement? So parkour, I think, is much needed in the fitness industry and has been much needed. And it's been really welcomed by the fitness industry. About sort of six, seven years ago, we were invited to attend some of the big fitness events around the world, like um, IDEA and the Asian Fitness Convention and FitPro in the UK and, and various other events. And the response we got from the the professional fitness industry was really good in that they they could they could see that parkour practitioners were very fit and strong and capable and mobile and agile and they kind of wanted to understand what, where how we did that and where we got those those kind of how we developed those capacities so and for us it was you know we were very happy to to share that knowledge and to to help people understand the the power of practical movement training in that way and and why it's very good for the body and very natural and very healthy and kind of what your body's evolved to do I suppose is to move over terrain and adapt to terrain so it's been a really good response from the fitness industry and and it's really been a pleasure to introduce the those movement concepts to that audience. Brilliant and obviously we know now that you offer the parkour fitness specialist certifications which train fit pros to deliver parkour movements to their clients and how receptive have fit pros been to this training and what sort of feedback have you had? Uh, again really really receptive and, and great feedback on the whole so we we have a very hands-on approach. It's very a practical approach to the delivery of the certification courses, and it's very empirical because parkour is, while there is a lot of theory and good science behind it now uh, that explains it, the the it's actually very experiential. You have to really do it, and to understand, it, you have to do it and try it. And when people do it and try it, especially if they're people involved in fitness or physicality, they immediately respond to the challenge of it and also to sort of how natural it feels in terms of it being sort of quite playful movements in a way. It's sort of natural movements that we do as, as children. So it feels very natural and very liberating. Most people say it's just very liberating for them and, however, also very challenging. And the courses are, are quite intensive, but people really, really respond to that. They really like that. I mean, most of the people come in, obviously, they're fitness professionals, so they're, they're physical people. They want they want to do hands-on stuff, so they love it uh, wherever we go in the world. They pretty much they 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 really love it, really enjoy it. They feel it. Next few days after the course, they'll feel it a lot, but they they enjoy that. Yeah. And how does the sort of freedom of parkour translate to the more structured gym or PT environment? How are they sort of using this training in their roles as PTs and, and group instructors? Yeah, it's a really good question, and it's um, for us, it's a case of helping fitness professionals understand that, that freedom is a good thing. And that the one of the problems with some of the paradigms in the some of the training protocols and paradigms in the industry over the last 30 years has been that they're too structured. They're too they've, they've deconstructed the movement too much. It's too linear. It's too limited. It's not holistic enough. It's not it's not sort of what we would call complex, dynamic, nonlinear 
movement, which is what the body has evolved to do. So in, in a way, it's about restoring some freedom and, and unshackling a lot of the training paradigms that exist and getting pe allowing people to move fully the way their body is kind of evolved to move and the way their brain is evolved to move. So, you know, obviously you're, when you, when you move, if you're trying to control your movement through, through the prefrontal cortex a lot, then that is going to cause problems. That's going to make life very difficult because it's not quick enough to, to control the movement. But a lot of training paradigms try to control every aspect of the movement. What we try to get people back to is understanding that actually your natural movement the, the aspect of your brain that, that is better at moving is the unconscious side and the side that doesn't control it so much. And that instinctive movement is far more powerful. And that's where true athleticism comes from. So it's, in a way, it's about restoring that freedom, but helping people understand that there are very clear training protocols towards doing that. And there are methods towards enabling that instinctive, natural movement. So in terms of those methods, then, what would be sort of a good movement to start somebody off on in a class, in a fitness class? So what we begin with really is, is first of all, learning how to deal with, first of all, learning how to deal with your, your body, your body weight in mobility. So learning how to, how to, how to move and navigate around your central axis and your centers of gravity, how to coordinate and how to integrate the joints really and sort of through exercises, through simple drills and simple practices to restore that kind of integration. And then we will look at uh, things such as impact absorption and learning how to learning how to absorb impact and, and use that impact, that ground reaction force through elasticity to move properly with it. Because human movement obviously is meant to be your movement plus the free forces around us that we engage with, such as gravity and uh, elastic recoil, the ground reaction force, momentum, all these sort of things, and learning to harness them. So a lot of it is about learning to those sort of simple steps early on, impact absorption and, and learning how to express power quickly, but really developing early on, just developing the, the coordination, the agility, the more integrated movement that your body and brain want to do. So it's kind of about getting out, of, you know, the early exercises are about getting getting the brain out of its own way in a way. And then, of course, the, the movement skills that we develop are practical skills in terms of getting over obstacles. So we, we're looking at vault uh, patterns to vault and pass obstacles, to balance, to, to jump, the sort, sort of simple jump mechanics, to climb, to swing, to crawl, to brachiate, to roll, all these locomotion skills, really, that the human body is, again, is evolved to do. And the more of those that you practice, the more well-rounded a mover you will be. More functional, isn't it, in the truest sense of the word? Yeah, completely. And to do with operating the function of the human body rather than just a function or individual functions. It's to do with getting back to that the function and the function of the human body is to move over terrain. That's pretty much what it's for. And, and arguably, that's what the brain is for, is to enable your 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 body to interact with space and to move through that space. So it has to be the function of the human body, which is to move well in and adapt to different terrain. And that's that that's what kind of that nutrition makes us strong and fit and healthy. Great. And also you've got workshops for the older generation, haven't you? So how is parkour beneficial when it comes to active aging? Hugely beneficial. I mean, parkour is, again, it's natural human movement. So we, we will train everyone from 18 months year old up to however old, 80s, 80s, 90s, whatever, because it's just looking at refining and improving your 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 innate movement skills. So as long as you're alive and able to move in some capacity, you can improve that. So with older people, the benefits of parkour have been seen to be very much around fall prevention. So helping to create a more stable, again, more 
integration throughout the joints that creates stability and balance. So it's less likely to fall. And then even when you do fall, there have been good studies that have shown that, that through this kind of training, that when you do fall as an older person, you are less likely to hurt yourself. You're more likely to recover well and, and, and not have heavy impacts. So it, pre- it both prevents falls and makes you better at responding to falls when they happen, which is very, very important. So, and also, of course, just benefiting in terms of, of um, muscular development and strength and mobility and all these uh, simple things that make your life sort of better as you get older and, and make you keep you more active. But it's, it's very much a case of integrated movement being the key. If you look at the cultures that survive for long periods of time, the blue zones in the world, these societies and, and cultures that, you know, typically will live to 90, 100, 110 years old, all of them sort of live that long. One of the key components that they all share is that they're all very active, doing very natural, not necessarily high intensity, but very natural functional movements every day of their lives, such as, you know, picking fruit or, or, or carrying wood. And these, that's part of what keeps them healthy for their whole, the whole of their life is they're doing these natural functional movements over time. So, and parkour is very much as, as people, as we deliver it to older people is very much about that. And it, and it really works. Fantastic. And and you mentioned the younger generation as well. So what outcomes with the youngsters in your workshops are you seeing from both a mind and body perspective? Yeah, it's a, and it's good that you say the mind because the, the, the mental aspect is probably the, the more more impressive one, really. Although it, obviously parkour is going to make kids, you know, fit, healthy, agile, strong. It's going to do all that sort of stuff because it's just drawing on their natural desire to move and play freely and taking it one step further. So it's going to sort of naturally feed into that and, and keep them healthy physically. But really what we see, the main aspect that we see is the psychological development through them. They become the, the kind of resilience they develop through solving these problems and also the lateral thinking they develop through through solving movement problems. So we've had a lot of evidence from schools saying that the kids that do the parkour classes regularly do better in lateral thinking and problem solving subjects. As a result, they start doing better in those subjects. So their brain is obviously evolving in that way as well or improving in that way. And we've seen a lot of um, benefits in mental health and we've seen a lot of benefits in, in also in just general behavior. We did um, a program for uh, Positive Futures and Edutain, which is a, a sort of nationwide thing on uh, eight to 13 year olds in disadvantaged areas, helping them get active. That was one of the first programs we did back in 2006, actually. We do it every year, but we began it back in 2006. And the the Met Police actually gave us a stat at the, at the end of the first summer of that. They they gave us a stat of a crime, a reduction in crime in amongst those 8 to 13-year-olds in that location of 69%. And they they directly attributed that to them doing the parkour. That was, and that's the Met Police stat. That's not our stat. <laughs> so, that's really um, interesting, isn't it? Because a lot of people would have a sort of view of kids in hoodies going around jumping off walls and things as more yeah, sort of intimidating yeah. things sometimes, wouldn't they? So it's fantastic that that can be yeah, an it's, outcome. It's completely, exactly. It's completely the opposite. It's because... Parkour is a, is a, a movement practice. It's a discipline. And if you give a kid a, a healthy, positive discipline and a practice to pursue, they're less likely to go down a, a, a negative path. It's, it's just very simple. So this idea that, that they, they, they become in some way antisocial because they're learning movement skills, it's just, it's just madness. And there's absolutely no evidence to back that up at all. In fact, all the evidence is completely contrary. So mm, absolutely. If you want them to be healthy and not committing and not going down bad paths, then you have to allow them to move in their environment and give them a positive way to develop. You have to give them a practice, a, a transformative discipline from a young age. And parkour is, is absolutely that. 
brilliant. That, that's just that's that's excellent. And of course, some athletes um, are using parkour in their training as well. Can can you share any stories and how it's impacted on on an athlete's performance? Yeah, I mean, we train a lot of different athletes from sportsmen in traditional sports, rugby, football players, to sort of less traditional things like obstacle course racing. We have we have the um, one of the world championship obstacle course racers comes and trains at our, our facility in London, and they will always give us feedback saying this has definitely improved my performance. What we see is that it tends to balance out their their particular specialisation. So because parkour is a very rounded, holistic movement discipline, and most elite sports people are specialists in some way obviously that specialization can create weaknesses because they're la- they're, they're neglecting other aspects of movement and so they can actually promote injury and so what we will often see is that they will it will round them out so it will reduce their their likelihood of injury and make them strong strong in their weaker areas which then also makes them stronger in their stronger areas so most of the feedback we get from them is is to do with becoming a more balanced athlete and a more balanced individual and therefore less likely to be injured and therefore likely to perform for longer so and that's actually completely in line with the, the thinking of parkour which is not to be an elite performer for a short time and then quit and be in rehab the thinking of parkour is to be healthy and fit for your whole life it's, it's very much a, a long-term training discipline not not just about elite performance and even when you're not an elite athlete, obviously, you're going to have to get into some sort of mindset, aren't you, to do parkour? I mean, somebody who's less adventurous might think it looks quite scary. So what sort of mindset do you need to have and how do you overcome any fear before you before you perform a movement? Yeah, so fear, you develop a really good relationship with fear. You, 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 you begin to, and we, and we teach people early on that, that their fear, fear is nothing to be afraid of kind of thing. It's a very healthy mechanism, in, in obviously, in the brain. It's there for reasons, but it can sometimes get out of control. So it's just about learning to have a relationship with fear so that you understand what it's trying to tell you and you can listen to that and work with that. But your fear typically will, will is a signpost as to what you can do. So it's actually a good thing, your fear, because you're only afraid of the things that you kind of instinctively know you could potentially do. And that's why you're afraid of him, because your 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 body's kind of saying, oh, he might actually make me do this, so I'm going to be afraid of it. If you're not afraid of something at all, it's either that it's completely within your means and very easy for you, or it's completely outside of your ability and you're not going to do it, and therefore there's no reason to be afraid of it. So fear, fear is normally a signpost towards what you can do, what you are capable of doing. So therefore you should listen to that and engage with it and find not try to just force it back or resist this whole idea of, this whole sort of, you know, the, the, the feel the fear and do it anyway, kind of suppress the fear type thing is not a good idea. That's, that's, you know, suppressing any emotion is not a good idea. So, so just steamrolling over it is, we wouldn't advise that. We would advise listening to your fear, talk, talking to it, having a relationship with it in a way. And parkour does that very early on. You, you will, it will come up pretty quickly and you learn, you become familiar with it and that familiarity makes you relax about it and, it, and eventually it backs off and it allows you to do things. But it is about, experiencing it and becoming familiar with it not being afraid of fear it's a good way to look at it i like that so how risky actually is parkour do you think there's a misconception about how likely you are to injure yourself and how would you view injury as a parkour athlete there is a huge misconception yes you know risk is something we that i talk about a lot and in various presentations and 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 speeches that i that i give and i'm invited to give and it's something that we become very i guess experienced in but the reality of risk and the perception of risk are completely different things. Right? So the things that most people are afraid of are in no way going to cause them any harm or damage. It's highly unlikely. Everyone's afraid of things like terrorism or plane crashes or, you know, the, and these things, the, the chance of them happening to you, even with the, 
increased attention around them. And the chance of it happening to you are incredibly slim. They're de minimis risks. They're effectively zero. So, but the things that are going to kill you are the things we don't really care about every day, like being run over by a car, drinking alcohol, eating poorly, postural problems from sitting in chairs all day. These are the things that are going to kill you. Yeah. Liver, liver disease, heart failure, obesity, all this sort of stuff, right? These are the things that are going to kill you statistically. Alcohol is the world's number one killer every year, right? So, and yet we all, well, I don't, but mo- most people drink, right? So our perception of risk is completely wrong. Sport is not going to kill you. <laughs> it's highly unlikely that it's going to cause you even a serious injury. It's highly unlikely. And parkour statistically is way down the list in terms of sports injuries. It's way, way less like you're, you're far less likely to be injured doing parkour than you are playing rugby, playing football, playing hockey, going horse riding. All these sports are far, far more dangerous than rugby. Statistically, that's, that's the statistical fact. So, but the perception of it is that it's high risk because it's visually so impressive, but actually, it's very little risk around it. As long as you train progressively and carefully, the same as any discipline. You know, if you went onto a, a professional rugby pitch without any experience in rugby and tried to play rugby against those players, you know, you'd be carried off in a stretcher in about two minutes. That's because you're trying stuff you're not ready for. You know, it takes years to get to that level. And parkour is the same. It takes years to get to the level where you can do the impressive movements. But when you begin your training, you begin with just basic skills, just as you would in, in rugby. So, Perception is completely wrong, and we try to educate people around that as much as possible. It's a good attitude, I think. I should adopt it myself, definitely. It'll help. So if a fit pro who's listening to this wants to explore parkour further and maybe wants to bring it into their classes, where should they start? The first thing to do is to is to get good information, is to is to find people that can teach you really what parkour is about. We obviously we run the the, the global certifications for coaching parkour and for, for fitness professionals. We have various streams of education around it. So it's probably good to get to one of those courses and get that kind of information from people that have been doing it for a long time and teaching it for a long time. Uh, that will save you a lot of problems you know because you, you basically you won't have to make all the mistakes that we made in the first sort of five ten years of our training we can teach you how to avoid those mistakes so uh, i would say that's the best way is is seek out that kind of information if you can't access one of the courses then try and find a practicing group near you ideally a reputable one and go along and, and see if they'll give you some some tips and, and information most of the parkour community out there around the world are very very open very inclusive and very willing to share their knowledge so if you find a good good group then you'll be able to get that kind of information yeah wonderful thank you so much for your time dan it's been really interesting to chat i've really enjoyed it no it's a pleasure thank you for more information about fitpro education and for details on fitpro membership and insurance you can visit us at fitpro.com we hope you enjoy the today's podcast and see you next time